Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so grateful you're here with us, and I'm very thankful to be your host. We're looking today at 50 evidences for archaeology in the New Testament. I'm getting this from a wonderful little pamphlet by Rose Publishing, who I really love their stuff. You ought to check them out. No, I, they don't even know I'm doing this. I don't, I'm not a spokesperson for them. But it's archaeology in the Bible, New Testament. It says archaeological finds that confirm the Bible's accuracy. 50 finds that help us understand the Bible better. Finds that help explain Bible backgrounds and cultures. Now, I will say this too. I think they've got this out under another name. And I don't know the other name. <laughs> it's 50 proof of the New Testament or something, but I don't know. I don't have one readily available in front of me. So let's get started. Now, we got 50. So no, this is going to be kind of obviously an apologetic. This is going to be something you can share with people, uh, but I'm not going to be able to go into detail, obviously, on each of these 50. So let's jump in. Thanks for being here and join us daily. Subscribe and check out our other podcasts. We've got probably 1,500 plus. And you can also check us out over at New Life of Albany, Georgia on YouTube and also over at Facebook. And if you don't mind, leave a five-star review. just helps people find us. Let's jump in. Okay, so the first is the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. I've been there. Pretty amazing. And there's a lot of reasons why they feel that this is the grotto, as it is, cave where Jesus was. Ancient records show that at least two centuries before church was built, Christians had marked this particular cave as the place of Jesus' birth. You also have to remember at a time before travel, before electronics, that a lot of times when people mark something out, almost everybody throughout human history, and this still holds true today. I know if you've never been to Africa, a lot of different uh, places of uh, poor Asia, parts of Asia are most ultra-modern in the world, you don't realize most people never travel more than 20 miles from where they were born. Just because in the West, which in America, like we're 4% of the world's population or less, you know, we can go anywhere we want. Most of the world is not like that. Central America, South America, exceptions. I'm not saying universally, but I'm talking about great masses of people. And it's been this way for millennia that almost nobody knew anything outside of 20 miles square. You know, my grandparents were much like that. They they did not get electricity where they lived on a dirt road in South Georgia until 1948. My dad was 18 years old when they got electricity. And so they just went to town, town was six miles away, in a mule and wagon. You just didn't go <laughs> over 20 miles on either side from where you were where, where you were born. All right, so the Church of Nativity, Power of Tradition, a lot of evidence there. I've done some other podcasts on that if you want to search for those. And then Nazareth, hometown of Jesus. It's a bustling Arab-Jewish city built atop and around the ancient village located in the southern hills of Lower Galilee which is fascinating because that when they talked about uh, throwing Jesus off the side of the mountain kind of thing, you know, in Luke 4, that that's exactly how it was set up. And then Bethsaida, city of woe, much of the ancient 
Harbor City of Bethsaida has been recovered since 1987, several seasons of archaeological work, and it's very accurately mentioned in Scripture. And that's one thing you find with all 50 of these, is that what the Bible describes, where it would be, it's there, how it is, whether it's hill, valley, whatever, it's that, and you know, it's first century, it was inhabited, it was a legitimate place, which shows immensely the historical accuracy of the Bible, and uh, especially the New Testament, but you can do the same thing in the Old Testament. Obviously, the Old Testament, encompassing 4,000 years New Testament only, 100 years, and we put the Revelation in there, a little over 2,000 years, that, you know, the earliest parts of Genesis, first 2,000 years of human history, the first 11 chapters of Genesis, basically, and so some things there are much more difficult to find just because of the age, time. And if you do archaeology in the Holy Land, which we've done little, uh, the graduate courses in archaeology and all this, that doctoral courses, that, you know, almost we're not, and I know this is a play on words, but we're not scratching the surface. We really don't know. And that's the reason... Even your your CNNs, your Times, your Newsweeks, your ABCs, your Times of Israel, your Haritz, your Daily Callers, Daily Wires are constantly putting lead stories out on archaeology because that misused and overused saying this changes everything so often is true in certain parts of archaeology. And then Cana has been uncovered, archaeological investigation, so the ruins of Kerbakana. Q-A-N-A, are a village during the time of Jesus. It's about nine miles north of Nazareth. Got some good little pictures here. A good little picture. A good little picture of Bethsaida, all this. Well, most of these, they have at least one, sometimes two pictures. The house church at Capernaum. So while excavating an early church building at Capernaum in 1968, archaeologists found that the building had been placed over a house from the time of Jesus. Words were found scratched in the wall of the a uh, house indicating that early Christians believed the house to have been that of the Apostle Peter. Also, they had prayers inscribed to Jesus, showing Jesus was God in the first century. It's not some development as uh, uh, our guy up in uh, Ehrman, Bart Ehrman, University of North Carolina. Okay, the synagogue of Capernaum. Archaeologists restored a synagogue that stood... There are some 350 years after Jesus' time. However, recently it was discovered the synagogue was built over the foundation of the synagogue from Jesus' time. It's got pictures showing that. I have been there. Pretty amazing. Gergesa, where Christ cast out demons. Location of Gergesa remained a mystery until recently. 1970, Israeli archaeologist Vasilix Tesselaris investigated ruins of a Byzantine church from AD 585. Then recovered during road construction along the east side of the Sea of Galilee. The excavations turned up an ancient church building, monastery and chapels, mosaic paved chapel, and uh, built at the foot of steep slope. Ancient Christians had built an entire complex here to preserve the early tradition. This was the miracle occurred where the swine ran off a cliff into the sea. Jacob's Well near Sychar. This is going to date, obviously, from 1700 plus B.C., it is still there. The well is still fed by an underground stream. Unfinished church building covers it. Jericho has been uncovered, obviously, since the 1930s. And uh, 
within Jesus. This is not just the walls of Jericho in the Old Testament, but the Jericho of Jesus' day lies a few miles south of the Old Testament city of Jericho and uh, connected to Jerusalem by means of a 17-mile-long road that ran through a steep valley. Look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Pool of Bethesda, I've been there, and that's pretty cool too, the site of Jesus healing a paralyzed man. I mean, it's just incredible that you can just walk right there, and we did. Bethany, where Jesus raised Lazarus. And so, of course, this has been there, as has the tomb of Lazarus is there as well. Uh, Pontius Pilate inscription, 1961, and Caesarea Maritima. The amazing thing about that, not only did it mention Pontius Pilate, but it called him by his exact title that he would have been known at that time. And uh, pretty huge confirmation. They found a lot of Pilate's coins now, too. Um, but he calls him the governor of Judea, Herod being Tetrarch. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. Uh, the Caiaphas family tomb, they found a couple of burial boxes or ossuaries with uh, Caiaphas's, they don't know if it's his bones per se, but his family's bones for sure. Crucifixion evidence, they found a 24 to 28 year old young man that had been crucified um, about 70 AD in olive wood, seven inch long nail embedded in the heel bone, uh, went through the two bones of the arm. His legs were crushed, just like the two people on either side of Jesus. Lots of confirmation there. Tons of rolling stone tombs, which whether you believe Gordon's Calvary is the side of Calvary or not, sure, it looks like it, but, you know, other people that study it closer say that it is, and we're going to look at that next but the fact is, is that Rolling Stone tombs existed throughout the Holy Land, whether it was, you know, for Lazarus or Jesus and on and on. Jesus' burial place, the tomb of Joseph Arimathea, and it goes into the reasons why they would believe that it is not the Gordon's Calvary, but the Church of the Holy uh, Sepulchre. The Limestone Ossuary of James, and it says James, the son of... Uh, Joseph, been found. So Jesus' half-brother, his bone box, mentioned in John the Baptist, has been found. Herodium, Dad and I have stayed in a hotel for, I think, six days overlooking the Herodium. Maybe, yeah, six, four, I can't remember now. It was in 2010. But, uh, you know, so it's there. So obviously, they think they found Herod's grave there too. Another fantastic, I probably need to do more I've done maybe a couple podcasts over the years on this. This is uh, season 43 already, uh, episode 17. We do 36 episodes a season. But the Madaba Mosaic map, and it's from 560 A.D., but it shows throughout the Holy Land tons, the location of tons of places that has proven its accuracy. I think uh, the first time I ran across that was Grant Jeffrey did an amazing job in the signature of God, I think. Uh, the Galilee boat, which is a boat that Jesus may or may not have ridden in. Nobody claims that he did, but we can't say definitively he didn't. What it is, it shows that fishing was there on the Sea of Galilee, just like the Bible describes, and we now know what kind of boat. It's a first century boat. Tiberias, capital city on the Sea of Galilee, uncovered in 73, 74. 
So um, that's, you know, great confirmation of the Bible as well. Caesarea Philippi, where Peter had the great, the earth crisis, the living God. Also a center of worldwide pan worship is there. Caesarea on the sea. That's pretty amazing. And uh, this would have been where Herod Agrippa in Acts 12 was smitten by God in the theater that you can still see the theater. They've got a picture of the theater here. I think it's the theater. Megiddo, which I've been there, Armageddon, City of War, tons of stuff found in uh, Hotter Megiddon. So, uh, looking at the Bema of Megiddo. Uh, Sephorus, Metropolis, uh, Metropolis of Galilee, which is pretty interesting. It was a very large city. It's very near Nazareth. They also think in Nazareth they found Jesus' house. The reasoning behind it is they're almost sure they found the first century carpenter's house from there. And Jesus was a carpenter, as was his dad. New Testament says Jesus carpenter as well. And with the small size of Nazareth, they think they would have only had a necessity of one carpenter there. So I think that's kind of neat. That was in like Daily Mail or something. Um, the Ten Cities of the Decapolis. I can remember when that was all considered a mystery, and uh, now they found it, the Ten Cities. Psychophilus and Hippos, Rafana, Gadara, Bella, Dion, Abila, uh, Damascus, uh, Philadelphia, and Gerasa. Um, Herod's Palace and Pilate's Praetorium in Jerusalem have been discovered. As a matter of fact, the, the Wailing Wall, the Great Wall, that really, I think, is, that's not the temple. I think the temple was torn down. I think that's actually part of the Praetorium of the Romans left there. Um, the Jerusalem Temple of Jesus Day, Herod's Temple, um, been discovered. It's got a picture of the steps. Really good. The next one's one of my favorites, Place of Trumpeting Inscription. They found a couple of these. And this is where, like, when the Sabbath would begin, the Sabbath would end, the Feast of Trumpets, where they would blow the trumpets. And so there's a great picture of here, the Place of Trumpeting. And then a temple sundial relic from Jesus Day found in 1972. So carved on the back is the seven-branched menorah. So that's pretty incredible. Now, this is like an octafold, so I'm trying to figure out how to turn this thing. Um, fragments of a warning to Gentiles from the temple in Jesus' day. This is again found in 1871. They found another one in 1938. But it's the middle wall of partition that Paul talked about being torn down in Ephesians 2. It's right here. And also them beating Paul in Acts 21 because they thought he took a Gentile there and into the temple. So you had the court of the, the uh, Gentiles, and then it says that any uh, Gentile coming past this point will be responsible for his own death. <laughs> and uh, Randall Price used to be at the University of Texas at Austin, now up at Liberty. He's done great work on the Holy of Holies in Jesus' day, and that it's the uh, in the Mosque of Omar. It's the rock there, and that's where there's an impression where that would fit perfectly the Ark of the Covenant. That's also considered foundation stone of the world. A lot of different things. 
Also do some study on Zedekiah's cave sometime. I've done a podcast or two on it, but it's pretty interesting. Because evidently, like, Masons and elites go to Jerusalem. This is not conspiracy theory. This is like Wikipedia page. <laughs> and do all kinds of rituals underneath the city of Jerusalem and Zedekiah's cave. This just reminded me of it. Um, the Arch of Titus. The Arch of Titus shows all kinds, like the trumpets, the menorah. When they did the triumph for conquering Jerusalem. You can still go to Paul's Straight Street in Damascus, which I find interesting. Also, the Polytarch inscriptions throughout the Mediterranean. People long thought for decades, if not over a century, thought Luke was wrong when he used the word Polytarch. And, you know, they said it should be Asiarch in certain places. And then they found that certain cities used Polytarch, and they found that as well. Of course, Paul, Acts 17, speaking on Areopagus, that is there overlooking the Parthenon. The Galileo inscription, this would have been Seneca's brother that was governor of Corinth. And uh, he's mentioned in the Bible. Uh, he, he cared for none of these things. So the inscription contains a Roman date corresponding to 52 AD. And so that's about the exact same time Paul was there in Acts 18. Also, the Bema in Corinth, where they were beating the poor guy. Many people date that to AD 51. And uh, so that's pretty interesting, as well. It was discovered in 1935. Uh, they also found the Bema in Jerusalem. I may have mentioned that already. I can't remember. Uh, Ephesus has been greatly uncovered, which is incredible. Because not only is there the epistle of Ephesus, you know, you, you find Acts 19... The conversion of Ephesus, a lot of it, the Ephesian elders and Acts 20, Acts 19, Acts 20, and then you got an epistle. Then you've got another epistle, the first of the seven churches, so a lot there. The Erastus inscription in 1929 found a paving stone near the theater of Corinth in Greece and contains the name Erastus and notes that he was indeed a Roman public figure there, just like the Bible said. He was chamberlain of the city. And that's pretty incredible. Uh, Antioch has been under, uh, been discovered, and that's first missionary journey. We were first called Christians there. Philippi, where Paul first preached in Europe, has been greatly uncovered, named after Philip of Macedon. Thessaloniki, capital of Macedonia, has been discovered as well, all confirming the Bible. Uh, it's located 115 miles southwest of Philippi along the ancient Roman highway known as the Via Ignatia. So, it, the Roman roads were amazing. Roman aqueducts, Roman lots of stuff. They were builders. God fears inscription, you know, like when Paul would stand up, ye that fear God, Acts 13, Acts 17. Um, but they realized they had people that weren't converted to Judaism yet coming to synagogues. They were God-fearers, like Cornelius, that they loved God. They just hadn't gone through the ceremonies yet. The seven churches of Revelation, all seven have been discovered. Of course, the Dead Sea Scrolls, many people consider this of any field the greatest archaeological discovery of all time. Cave 7 had at least nine fragments from the New Testament. A lot of people don't know that. Um, much disputed, but it seems to be indisputable. The evidence, uh, 
3rd century complete Isaiah, 2nd century Isaiah. Earliest New Testament copy, besides Dead Sea Scrolls, a lot of people would say, like Karsten Feed, would say P4, P64, P67, I think, or pre-66 AD. Um, and so we're looking at uh, a papyri, oldest New Testament fragment, the words of John from John 18, 31 to 33 and 37, 38, probably from 125 AD. I've done a ton of podcasts on biblical manuscripts you may want to check out. Oldest copy of John's Gospels, dating to between 150 and 200 A.D. It's not just the uh, little fragment there, but a pretty substantial thing. The oldest complete copy of the New Testament, this is disputed, but uh, it's got Sinaiticus here. But read uh, David Daniels. He's got an amazing book on Sinaiticus. Greco-Roman references to Jesus. You have Flavius Josephus, Tacitus, Suetonius, Trajan, Pliny the Younger, uh, all mentioning Jesus. So there you have it. 50 New Testament archaeological finds greatly confirm the veracity of Holy Scripture. You can believe your Bible. That's one thing God's put on my heart is just to tell people they can believe the Word of God. God bless you. We love you. Talk with you later. Thanks for being with us today. If this is your first time, we're so grateful you're here. Please share. Get the word out. You can believe the Bible.